2: That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the negative insurgency fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah. No, right? no kidding. <laughs> right? Shut up. Remember when you had to introduce yourself as a new guy to the team? <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, my God. You awesome. Remember the first time that ever actually... Oh, I witnessed it happen to someone else before it happened to me. Yeah, me too. So I knew it was coming. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> At muster. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, Marcus, shut up! Off. Get out of here, <laughs> loser. Latrell, <The> ah, <laughs> and the guys who would keep going, right? They wouldn't stand down. They're like, oh, here we go. I'm gonna get it. All right, um, let's take a uh, let's take a second and introduce Clint. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Clint, you with us? I'm here. You know what? I'm honored to have this guy sitting across from me
0: today. Hey, we're really glad you could step in and help us out, buddy.
1: Yeah. No, listen, it's an honor. It's an opportunity. It's, it's fun to be with Marcus and you, and and really, really need to with some of the guests we get to have. And and honestly, you know, the listeners that, that tune into this are amazing people, and it feels mm-hmm. um, pretty neat to get some time with them as well.
0: Absolutely. Hey, uh, you want to give the give the people out there listening a little rundown of you know who you are? what uh what you got yeah. going on why on earth we yeah. decided you to ask you to join us
1: <laughs> uh, well i'm still trying to figure that one out but what I'd you actually is I've are kinda, probably
0: the most qualified one here so let's hear it i,
1: I have this kind of forest forest gumpian kind of life where i've just kind of stumbled around found myself in neat places and worked <laughs> really hard to keep up with amazing people played football in college lived in the nfl played at the naval academy and then uh had an opportunity to go through BUDS and, and join the, the SEAL teams in the special operations community, did multiple deployments in the special operations community and love that and got out, was involved in a rescue operation, Hurricane Katrina, that give me insight and an opportunity to start my own company to work for some of the best leaders in america and create amazing careers for veterans and athletes as they transition i've just been doing that since then um and so every day is an opportunity for me to learn from someone to learn from life and to teach someone what i've already learned and and it's fun to be on this show to do all those things
0: awesome well we're amen brother we're glad (laughs) to have you right
2: all right hey man how about today's guest brother Secretary of Interior. How awesome is this guy's life, man? The way he—I I, I dig guys who have, guys have those patterns that. like that. And man, those yeah. oh, this you don't want to call them overachievers because that's an insult to them, man. It's just they're—they're they're living. L i v i n.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's like hey, next Ridgeline, next Ridgeline, next Ridgeline. Like hey, what's next? What's next? And that's all he's done. All he's done. And I tell you, what's really interesting is one of the guys I get to work with every day of a try to response group, Ben Williams, went through buds with him. So the same. They were in the same class, and so to be able to visit with Scoop and and, and hear, the, like, the consistency of the hardcore nature, the consistency of the hardness, and then, you know, that it's just kind of stayed that way ever since then. I, you know, the, the thing about – You know,
2: know, the cool thing about our, our community, man, is it's so – because it's so small. I mean, at any given time, was there, about 1,800 of us running around? Yeah. Well, then, even after we get out of the community, it, we're still connected to yeah, everybody with one degree of separation. Would you say that's yeah, true about like one that, degree?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, the alumni small. The, the alumni is extremely small too, and it's like, you know, the, the the alumni of guys who played in the NFL is more than the alumni of guys who've been, you know, barrel-chested frogmen. Right. So it's it's fun to have that very small ecosystem, and they even you know, because we work in such a joint environment right now, we extend that kind of alumni de- declaration to you know Marsoc and S Seven Rangers and PJs and CCTs. Even that ecosystem is really small, and the way we've worked since you know. 2000, you know, 911 11 is we've always operated in a joint environment, so it's fun to have those relationships with the with the Air Force Bubba's and, and and, you know, our, our brothers from different branches, and it's just a real fun tribe to be a part of. Yeah, when you
2: see it, when a team guy accomplishes something, and you see it, because we all stand behind the same Trident, mm-hmm. it's a sense of pride. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I got. You know, I, we weren't on oh, the Bin Laden raid, but don't think my chest would oh, be like, yes! Yes! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> hey, it's, it's like the way I feel about Navy football when Navy football has a great season. Gosh, my last snaps were in you know 1996, and every year uh-huh. I'm proud of the boys, I'm proud of how they're playing, proud of how they're oh, keeping man. kind of that brotherhood alive. It's it's fun, it's fun to have lived hey, that season. Yeah, for a now that while. The,
2: the next generation of, uh, of the Seal Pups, I mean, we're, we're off the pond, man. We're oh, yeah, yeah. The space These, cowboys. Right. The new guys coming up. That's this is the chance like the Vietnam guys were watching us. And I remember having to go to the reunions and stuff like that. And they were like, Man, we're so proud of you guys. I'm like, what are we talking about, dude? The men with green faces. Yeah. Well, right. we're you know, we're the killers with the painted arms, right? And I mean, just, I <laughs> we made our we pulled our weight, and now it's time for the younger guys to do that. I'm I'm excited and uh excited for that.
1: I remember that. walking around um, walking around when I was a brand new team guy, and I felt I every day I felt like the kid in the Minjo Green commercial like thank you yes. mister thank you mister right, man. <laughs> like, you know you, you get some old plank owner at dev group like it's like you, you know he gives you his booty hat and he's <laughs> like and you're, right? you're like oh, I'm never using this I'm like, this is gonna I'm gonna hyperbarically seal it and, and, and all these other things I mean, yeah. but we're those we're those guys now
2: oh man oh I know I have nine of these but I need ten you know as soon as one of those yeah. one of those those crusty some bitches are getting out and open up that golden cruise box man it's a
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and like even some of the stuff that like doesn't even work, like you like you never use it, but you're like, oh, that was like that, that was awesome, like I, I need to somehow integrate it in this current operation, even though it didn't even work when he was issued it. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just it, it's, so I'm gonna
2: find <laughs> okay, it. I got it though. Uh, it's it's here, I have it. There was a couple That's of things cool. that Morgan and I had made uh that we passed down, like my trident's passed down. Awesome. And then I had a knife that, that we made up that's been passed down. So kind of, really? the, I was never, I never had a chance to make chief or be uh, anybody's see daddy or anything like that. But I did have some some of my new guys that came up underneath me, man. And the day I was walking out, I, I passed my trident down and, I, and then he'll have to pass it down. And then I, I passed a knife down. Morgan and I both did. So uh, it always has to belong to an operator. The guy who yeah. made it, he goes, this is an operator's blade. So it has to stay in the teams. And that's gets, cool. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, that's the guys that came before us. They they were passing that down unknowingly, you know, it generates those crazy thoughts in team guys' minds. And why not? I mean, oh,
1: you know, and you end up keeping, you end up keeping stuff you never use. Like right now in my high bay, I've got a dang dry suit that belonged to the chief that kind of put me in. Like we didn't even wear a dry suit when we were in the teams. I still got that thing. I'm never going to use. It, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's...
0: don't say that uh, you are capable of outfitting a, a small military unit in the oh, event of zombie apocalypse yeah, or yeah. we're ready Revolution it's all up there Lord.
1: yeah it's all out there we're red dawn ready for sure
0: absolutely yeah not.
1: and with my size with my size you know technically you could have you could outfit you know two guys with most of my gear you just cut it in half put another <laughs> fast tech on. Hell,
2: cut it half make a bivouac out of it <laughs> exactly right <laughs> lean to
1: 36 mag pouches because you know that's 32 waistline you can carry a lot of rounds you just know? <laughs> hold you your arms and I'm like come to me resupply yourselves
2: man. Can't take <laughs> off your belt we need a fast rope
1: that's right <laughs> <So> <laughs> come, walking come to me window, man
0: <laughs> feed, feed from yeah, my <laughs> <I'm> like
1: come <laughs> to me my warrior mags and putting the empty ones back in there and I'm back here trying to figure out why my damn radio is not working. Mama warfare. Where
2: the hell is the radio? It's in there
0: somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we was, should all have a small army Navy supply store
2: in our garage. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, it's already there, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you just needs to put a price tag on it and hang on a wall.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what else is funny? I guarantee every one of us, we have a, we have a, a, a gear blowout where we just get bored. And all of a sudden you throw up the highway, you sort your gear out, like you're getting ready to do another workup. Like, you know, the worst thing is, I, I found a pair, of, I'm not going to lie to you, I found a pair of my Bud's UDT shorts the other day. Oh my
2: God, you're trying you to throw, the, well, the one with one button, Is it have the one button or did it have the no button, just the belt? Oh,
1: it one, this old school, one button. I mean, this is like the old, old school. Yeah, but was not fair? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. them most tights i <laughs> version. going oh, to They
2: didn't
1: make it past the knees, didn't make it past the knees, brother, I'm not going to lie to you. Dang.
2: The greens, man, man I cool. love, I love the greens. You yeah, were, I, you were greens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I it's think off. I think I might have been the last class uh, in greens, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah we greens. greens. Yep. Those are the deal. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We had I old th- school. Um, I still have a pair of mine downstairs,
2: starched up, yeah. with the white tag. Well, hey, you know what? what do we- oh, do man, do, uh... we got off topic again. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so all the stories that we're talking about, the guy, the, the guy we're bringing on here, uh, Secretary, Mr. Secretary now. Mr. Uh, Secretary now. All right, so
0: let's just give a real quick overview of how impressive this man is. We've been talking about it by giving some details. He started out, played uh, college football at University of Oregon, where he was a center, right?
1: Yeah, an, under, an undersized center. and An undersized yeah. center that was a polling center, so it was an athletic center, always lined up against someone bigger than him.
2: Yeah, from whitefish. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of frogs coming out of whitefish. Something must be in Montana, the water up there. Montana
0: and Texas, Yeah, right? well, Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, after that, obviously he goes to Buds, makes it through that, has a full career, um, retires with the rank of commander. Let me just list off a couple of the the accomplishments there. Uh, He he graduated Buds, class 136, uh, had time at Team One. Then he worked at, uh, did a first tour over at Dev Group, was a planning officer for the commander in chief of U.S. Naval Forces Europe, went back uh, to Dev Group, did another. did another pump there as team leader, ground force commander, uh, served as the XO of uh, NSW Unit 2. And then as the, again, at the uh, Special Warfare Center. 2004, he was the deputy and acting commander of, um, Siege of Sodef, uh for Arabian Peninsula. And then finally in 2006, uh, he was selected to establish the Naval Special Warfare Advanced Training Command.
2: That, and that's some, yeah. sexy, that's some sexy stuff, right? In the SEAL yeah, team, the teams, then we have an advanced training command. And we have a select team, yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love, Man, I love being a frogman, dude. It's so yeah. cool.
0: He gets out of there, returns to his home state, gets elected to Montana's uh, state senate for, in 2009, then elected, yeah. to, Congress. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The elected to Congress. Yeah. Uh, elected to Congress in 2015, and now was just recently appointed uh, Secretary of the Interior by President Trump.
1: Um, and rode in on a horse. He yeah, rode right. in on a horse day one after his, his,
0: swe- his swearing-in ceremony. Decided to ride down the street on a horse.
1: Uh, great
2: That's idea to have a Teddy um, Roosevelt uh, style, right? Oh yeah, I'd imagine he's probably a fan of his because you, you look at the his life and how he kind of does things. Yeah, but I, Secretary Interior crap. having a Frogman and a a country boy from Montana doing that. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to hearing the the stories about. Well, about w- when we were all in and then the ones he's making now. Because you know they're great, right? You know you get up yeah. into that, that part of it. There's the stuff that, well, you find out where it trickled yeah. down from yeah. and how how the madness starts.
1: I, I would love to be a fly on the wall, kind of one of his first debriefs in kind of the, his new stick of the interior position. We have some of these career politicians and career uh, – Bureaucrats who like you try to get stuff done, but you try to make sure everybody's really happy. I guarantee you that's not how he's running those debriefs. So those debriefs are going to be like our debriefs, no, absolutely. Where not. someone's probably going to end up crying or quitting, sure, because yeah. that's what he's
2: right. That's him. what I was thinking, too, man. What's, what you got there is you have a SEAL commander running the show, he's gonna run it like a
0: yeah, but at the same time, I'm interested in hearing how he's adjusted because I mean, you cannot, you know, I'm sure he doesn't interact, he does not treat people the same way, the same methods are not going to be affected. Oh, well, yeah, that, that in, dark humor. You know, it's a it completely is. different yeah. culture. I'm curious how he's adjusted for the that. The
1: front-leaning rest is always an appropriate position to get brief from. yeah What was that? I want to see. <laughs> you know, the front-leaning rest. <laughs> hey, why don't you give me that report from the front-leaning rest there, Mr. Undersecretary? Yeah, hey, like, hey, that's got to happen. Go
2: well. ahead, Don. You got a question? Yeah. I Great question. Now, I didn't like your tone. Go get wet and sandy. You know, okay? <laughs> I
0: can't wait to hear what this... Uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what he has Yeah, to this say. is going to be good. Let's get him on. What do you say?
2: All right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, everybody, welcome to Team Never Quit Podcast. Excited today to be on here with you the listeners. You make this thing fantastic. It's, it's always fun. It's always a pleasure. It's always a neat opportunity to share with you our own never quit stories that are very similar to your own. And today we have a really remarkable guest, uh, you know, a guy who I knew who he was when I was first in the community as a guy who, you know, played football in college and and you always kind of know who the other college football players are and, you know, played in a major Division division one program at Oregon. And so I always knew who Commander Zinke was. And and, uh, so it's fun to be on the radio with him now. I think everybody, all the listeners are going to know exactly who he is and what he is what he's doing now based on what he's done since the teams and, and sir just wanted to slow down and welcome you real quick to the show marcus wanted you to jump in on that and welcome him as well if you wanted to hey great great to be with you
2: yeah i'm looking forward to this man i i obviously he was i didn't get a chance to work with him he's ahead of me and we linked up afterwards but i mean uh, it's uh i'm glad we got a chance to get him on there and because everything he's accomplished it's kind of one of those guys that that never stops climbing the ladder right there is no end goal it's just keep going so uh mr Zinke, with with great respect thank you for coming on the show
3: no oh, great to, great to be with you and i never quit this is this is uh, the hallmark of seals you just keep your head down and uh keep pushing forward that's
1: it hey, so from a protocol perspective do you want us to call you Commander, sir, secretary. What, no, what you know, you mean? know, Z man, Z man, or Zinc
3: is is good. Okay,
1: good. that's, that's good. good. That's what I was hoping. Yeah, going to fly cause in cause my that's, mouth. That's okay. one syllable, <laughs> that's one and I can, I can afford <laughs> it. Well, you know, and I've been called a lot worse. So we're, we're good. <laughs> we, we, we we all have. We all have. All
2: right, here we go. We're gonna start off with the Mad Minute, right?
1: Yeah, we'll roll right into the Mad Minute. So. The, the mad minute, what we do here is just kinda of loosen up the brain cells. All of us got that fog of concussions and all these other things. So we like get the, the brain stem rolling and the brain activated a little bit. We ask a bunch of just real quick fire questions. They're not they're 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 not professional. They're more insightful, more just kind of, hey, what what makes you tick and and uh, they're fun, fun questions. So one of the first questions I got to ask, and, and Marcus always asks these same questions too, but this is a long-going debate within the community, and as a Montana man who spent some time in Oregon, Gotta know your uh, insight on Sasquatch, real or not real? Not real. Oh, no, so it's, nice. it's, it's, it's a wish. Although although there's some pretty big bears out there and
3: creatures in the woods, no Sasquatch.
2: That is so disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> You're obviously not looking at the same dude I am right now.
3: Unless Marcus <laughs> at is in a gay certain. suit, you know, you know, that's about the closest we got to a Sasquatch <laughs> around.
2: <laughs> All right, favorite superhero.
3: Oh, you know, I, I gotta go over the uh the consistent Superman. Mm-hmm. Solid, solid. Or Captain America, one of two. Cap. That's
1: favorite eighties wrestler. Professional wrestler. Oh. Alright, with a superfly? Smith, he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a little, little guy. Well, you know, I'm going to go
3: with Hulk Hogan. He, 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 he was big, dominated at the time. Hulk Hogan. That's a good uh, one.
1: First, Marcus. first car.
3: Corvette, classic.
1: Nice. Uh, wow. Back to your football pedigree, when you were playing linebacker, hardest got a tackle. When you were playing center, hardest got a block.
3: Um, I would have to say Scott Garnett out of Washington. He had 25-inch biceps, and he had hand-carved boss. On the side of his arm, uh, he, as, a, as a nose guard out of Washington, uh, he picked me up and threw me like a like a like a wafer. Uh, as a linebacker, I would have to say I'd go with ESC, probably Charlie White in the backfield. Uh, he yeah, sure. he was flying. Yeah,
1: good lord! Getting your hands on them, getting your hands on them is, is only half the equation. You still got to wrap them up and contain them and get them to the ground.
3: Yeah, you know, Oregon had a, had a lot, a lot of good backs too, because uh, you know, Oregon was a was a track team a lot. We yeah. had we had some good guys that were no doubt in the four one, four two range. Yeah. And a kid from Montana I had to adjust my pursuit angles accordingly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Grab a net. Got four one, man. <laughs> That's smoking, dude. I, was, I just came down from Exos where all the combine kids were, man. They're, they're running 4.2s and 4.3s. I mean, this day and age, four one, man, that's hot. Anyway.
1: Favorite place. I mean, and this is one of the things that's neat about our community, and especially with your job right now. Your job right now is it's called interior, but that's really a misnomer because you're really focusing on the great outdoors and, and all these other things. Of the places you've been, where you deployed to even now, wh- what's the place where you just kind of your jaw dropped and like this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen?
3: You know, Glacier Park in Montana still is a special place. You know, and the nice thing, one of the many nice things about being the Department of Interior is the national parks, the refuges, a lot of wildernesses, all fall under the interior. And I can tell you, I'm the steward of what I think are our nation's greatest treasures.
1: That's right. That's right. Absolutely Roosevelt. Does right. the Roosevelt office. Preserve the outdoors and and spend time out there. So well, like, and, cool. and preserve
3: traditional hunting, fishing, land use, multiple use. I think uh, we've been pretty heavy handed. Uh, we, I mean, the federal government been pretty heavy handed. Kind of turned a deaf ear to a lot of the local communities, the state issues, and we got to restore trust. Yeah, it's, so, it's good to you know, and. Uh,
2: it's good having a country boy in there, and it, also from the perspective of being a hunter. I mean, no one loves animals more than than the hunters do. We cultivate them, and we provide food for them, and we see who's sick, what's not sick, and then, I mean, you if you work the land, and you're right, back into the hit to the community. People who live in the city have no idea how things go down here in the country, man, and, and vice versa. So it's kind of hard for one size fits all when it. Yeah, for them, it's uh, sort of just theoretical, right? right.
3: Well, and you're right. One size doesn't fit all. Ends up fitting nobody. You know, and and our nation has diversity in you know areas you, you have around Seattle and and in in that area of you know, Portland. You know, a very recreation centric uh very very uh you know environmentally you know driven right. that's great and uh, then you got to you know you got to look at other places that are more traditional hunting fishing multiple use and I think you got to respect the people that live in those areas uh and and we we can do it right
1: we're a great country oh yeah, we'll you, figure you're, it you're out we're going to steward your backyard yeah.
2: I mean, the resident expert, right? Like the doctor, you wouldn't go in there and tell him how to work on your heart. I mean, we, we live down here it's around true. these animals all the time. I mean, spot them, mm-hmm. know exactly what they are, and identify them usually by, by individual traits. I mean, we spend that much time with them, especially those of us out in the woods all the time. But yeah, absolutely. If you could go back in time
0: and spend six months to a year with anyone in history, who would it be?
3: I got to go with Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he yeah. was a man of action. He was a colonel, uh, you know, and he he did charge up the hill. And it, throughout his lifetime, looking back at, he believed we're all Americans first and foremost. Hmm. Uh, and he was square deal. He was neither. He broke up the monopolies, but also, you know, didn't like rebel rousers. Uh, he was just for uh, America first. And uh, and he was a man of action. He he did not shy away from controversy. Uh, he oftentimes jumped into it, uh, and he respected the man there in the arena. I, I think uh, he he was a great president. I would just love to spend some some time with him. I have through his uh, through his writings, uh, but I'd, l- I'd love Absolutely. to meet him personally.
1: Jake, you know, it's so funny that you brought that up because, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in a chair that he created in a lot of ways at the interior level. And one of the things I want to talk about as we come in this podcast is kind of the myth of talent. Like there's this, especially in our community, or you look at the collegiate football level and, you know, for sure, talent's really there. But most of the time, the most, I think there's an affliction at some point in time becomes it comes to talent. Because if you have a lot of talent, you don't know how to suffer. You don't know how to grind. You don't know how to work. And it relates to Theodore Roosevelt specifically. He was an extraordinarily... Untalented person when it came to his physicality. I mean, everything. He, mm-hmm. When we hear about his physicality, I mean, that was that was self forged. That there, he didn't come out of the womb gifted. I mean, asthmatic, feeble a lot of ways in the outdoors was his gym and that's part of his story. That's part of how he was able to do so much at San Juan Hill It's just these forced escapades out in the woods, not knowing oh, yeah. how to do anything, just learning out, you know, going out to North Dakota, going out to Montana. He's a he's a fascinating person for people to study when they kinda have they check themselves out of great endeavors because they think, well, I'm just not talented enough. Well, that's that's kind of an excuse. And you look at characters like Roosevelt and you realize that talent wasn't part of the secret sauce anyway. It was just work. Did you See know that, you know that I mean?
3: Teddy Roosevelt IV was a SEAL? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, uh, he, uh, yeah he's a, he's a that. gentleman that lives out of New York. Teddy Roosevelt IV, I think he was class 39. Uh, but he's a frog man. So yeah, we got, we got to, we got to direct the Senator Roosevelt uh, w- within the ranks.
2: Okay. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> the hardest one, right? <laughs> definitely the hardest one.
1: I bet class cost of thirty nine at the last real hell week too. I think if we it's always that, winter, that, winter time <laughs> back then. I mean, the first thing he said. He'd say, Did "Y'all have a winter it. Hell week. if we didn't," and he's just done talking
3: yeah. to us. <laughs> well, my hell week was so was so difficult. The instructors quit.
1: That's outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Even the supply officers <laughs> so were getting frustrating. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Zeke, what's fun is I, I get to work every day with the guy that went through Buzz with you, a guy named Ben Williams. Your class yeah, reached about. out, and you had a you had Ben Williams. You had a, um gosh, you had Kilrain. You had, had, had Steve Nelson.
3: Awesome. Kilrain. Brian Brackett uh, right. was in there. Done. No, we had a, we had a great class, like most SEAL class. Uh, you know, we, I think we started with 139 or so, and ended up with, you know, a couple dozen. Uh, our class plaque was a hammer because we weren't very smart, uh, but we were tough, and yeah. uh, we, yeah. we got we got jocked up in the in third phase. <laughs> so, you know, most guys get it. You know, still, is right? uh, <laughs> we, we we got, we got Jack, of Earth, day, which man. most you know. you know. You know, he was a Marine that served in Da Nang. So he was an enlisted guy in Da Nang as a Marine. Oh man! You know, yeah. and, uh, Rick is 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 still doing great things for our country. But uh, yeah, Rick is one of the toughest men I've I've ever met.
2: Man, he was my brother's skipper. And you look at me, kickboxer too, as well. I we were out in the middle oh, yeah. of nope. nowhere. Legs. And, oh yeah, in Afghanistan. All right, we were sighting our rifles out at, at Eagle Base. I mean, this place is out in the middle of nowhere, man. And he comes walking out of this hut, just him with a with the uh, come out there with those guys he was training by him. So he's like, I've been out here forever, man. I, you just run into him out in the middle. He is kind of one of those Jason Bourne, like you never know what he's doing,
3: guys. <laughs> you so yeah, Do you remember a guy named uh, George Hudak? You know, oh, George sure. Hudak was, was the Vietnam-era uh, guy, but George was about 135 pounds with a five-pound weight in each pocket. Ugh. But George, you know, was one of these guys that went indigenous in, in Vietnam. He came back, got out, lived for a while under the, under the, the bridge, lived in a teepee, uh, riding a horse El Campo. But George... Uh, he, he is incredibly tough. Uh, he used to be the, the tunnel rat, you know, with the oh, yeah. with the flashlight oh, and the uh, forty five, and he enjoyed it. Uh, and to tell you, he, we have a great community, and uh, uh, well, it's special forces too, as you know. It's the same same look in the eye. They just want right. to serve God and country and do the right thing.
1: Well, in the you know, the Marine Corps. I mean, that's what, that's that's what's so neat about the whole community. Just like you said, the entire one, well, the entirety of the United States military. Armed forces. I mean, it's really fun to meet these young guys and gals who are just ramrod straight and proud and have conviction in their eyes. And then just, we were very fortunate to be in the special operations community, where you just see, you know, different flavors of the same stuff. You know, the you know the the, the the Marine Corps and the Marauder guys, the SF and Ranger guys, the PJs and the CCT. I mean, this, we're just a very fortunate group. We really are. See, one of the things I wanted to ask you about as we kind of head meet us thing is. What, growing up in Montana, what, 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 had you always aspired to be in the community? Was was it something that just kind of uh, became available to you as you transitioned over to Oregon? Tell us a little bit about the, kind of the, the roots you know, and the, the roots um, of the passion that you follow now. I came in in
3: 1985, and this is before the books and the calendars and the movie. About the only thing out there was a short clip on men with green faces and a world war ii frogman uh movie but you know the yeah. seals had yet to come in their own i mean you had jesse ventura kind of in the wrestling you know uh, piece being a being a seal but even that was a was kind of later in the 80s and uh so i went through oregon uh had had a modest amount of success uh playing football and and uh, there was an admiral admiral dick was his name he commanded the enterprise during vietnam war he said he asked me what i was doing and he goes you know i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to dive and be a geologist and he goes you know if you're gonna die there's a there's a navy unit that kind of has your personality it's called the seals and uh, he says all voluntary you could leave at any time which was true uh, and uh, he asked me if I, if I wouldn't uh, w- you wouldn't, wouldn't try out, so he brought a recruiter down and he'd do the screen test. He got orders for me to go to basic underwater demolition seal school. And, and that's the story. I had no uh, you know childhood dreams because I didn't really know what a seal was. I swam as a, as a kid and, and hunted in and, and cold weather. But I can tell you my career as a, as a seal, I was never the best jumper, diver, explosive expert. Fact, I can't even remember anything that I was the best at, but my art was always knowing who was. And That's right. And i tell you, I, I had the honor of having just a superb group around me of the most talented, committed, patriotic, uh, and as you know, the competition's keen. So oh, yeah. uh, you know, everyone wants to be the best, right? And just just to watch the the talent and uh, what I would call American exceptionalism in action—that Uh, that was the greatest honor. As just just be among really, really good people.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's <laughs> I live by that one myself. And it's true in the teams, man. If you've got a guy who's isolated himself, call himself the the greatest at whatever it is we do, man. It, I don't think that's possible because of the the caliber of men we have i was just so damn honored to be right. in the middle of them and just kept up my skills you know worked out because <laughs> just just to make sure i could stay there and you know if you beat somebody right. on on a given day are you the best now man on a given day some there's always something going on with us and it's just the the uh, the whole intensity of staying there around each other that that makes it worth it man but yeah i i was the same way absolutely man i, I got drugged through buds i mean drug through buzz by one of my teammates and what i said i mean he tied a piece of 550 to my udts and the back of his and then the officers would surround me and the enlisted guys would watch for the instructors and he drugged me i would fall down my let my femur was broke man i would fall he would that guy was an animal dude jb i love you man i, I love that
1: See, i remember on the beach runs you know, because I left, you know, graduated from Annapolis, went straight to the Ravens, left the Ravens, went straight to Buds. And so, you know, I, I, I came out of the NFL, you know, a 255-pound, not not cardio, not not a triathlete. And I remember in our first conditioning run, no. I think I was a mile and a half, <laughs> uh, everybody else in the class. And, and it got so bad in first base that all the fast runners, they'd finish, and then they'd come back, and they would taunt me and stay just out of, like, my silverback, reach, just try to slap them. Slap them, and, them down. And they just make me so angry that I chase them and come in about two seconds before the, the limit at the... You, how
2: were you on the runs? Zink, were you good? Were you a good runner?
3: You know, uh, I was decent. I'd run track in in uh, high school. I, I slimmed down, you know, uh, but I gotta tall, tell right? you, I was a pulling center. Uh, the the I think I was uh, the okay. the last pulling center in, in Division One. My last yeah. game, I was uh, 215 pounds, two, two one5 co- one, as a center. Now I had Gary Zimmerman on my right side, you know, Hall of Famer, uh, yeah. extraordinary, just an incredible athlete uh, who, who uh, had a long and successful NFL career. And then I had Scott Shepard on, my, on my, my right. and those guys saved my life every day, but we had pulled the center. And you know when right. when a linebacker is at, you know, 220, 235, uh I was fast enough where force equals mass times acceleration. Yeah. I was fast enough to to do well at that, but if I had a nose guard over me, uh it made some some very long long days uh, if my task was to move him uh anywhere without without a double team.
1: Huh. Uh-huh. How much did you feel like and this is a this is a question I always love asking people who've competed at like increasingly high levels, and and you know, competing in high school that's an amazing uh, level of competition. You go to Division One level, and then you go to the league. It's it's all the same thing. There's just a little more intensity, a little more size and speed. But what you just described about. You know how you survived as a as an athletic center, Division one football was reliance on these two you know beasts on either side of you. That's really not that different than the story that gets told again in, in this in the SEAL teams. How much did you when you decided to go into the SEAL teams? How, how much of your decision was to continue that that tribal life that we all love, where we know we're surrounded by people who we need and, and people who need us? Was it was that a big part of the attraction for you? You know, it was.
3: Uh, you know, I was on, you know, scouting teams and then football teams and, of course, field teams. Uh, you know, we re- rely on, on each other's talents uh, to be successful. And, I you know, I'll say, you know, off the field were the worst. I mean, we, we pick on each other and, and uh, you know, we talk before the... With for the show is a is, is, is we eat our own, uh, and and even though we've had some individuals that have been enormously successful, you know, oftentimes rather than praising them, uh, a lot of guys try to, try, uh, yeah, pick on them, and, and uh, but you know it, when we're in the field. Uh, I, I think that the, the SEALs have, have had a history of being mission focused, getting the job done, never quit, and are a reflection of the training. You know, you don't have to be first, but you can't be last, <laughs> as, you, as you know, otherwise you get singled out. Very competitive within the ranks, but uh, when, when you're in the heat, you know, having a, having a team looking out for you, that's a huge advantage. Uh, you know, tactically, is you, you just know you can depend on that guy, uh, on the right or left of you, and he's he's not gonna he's not gonna retreat. You know, politically, I, I can tell you, you saw uh, in uh, you know in the in the Trump campaign uh, at times during the campaign that there was there were some people that that the first smell of gunpowder retreated to the to the tree line. Uh, is that yeah. is you know when the heat's on, that's the time to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and those weren't the Teddy Roosevelt's.
1: Yeah, mm. man, I, I tell you, it's, what's what's the lesson you learn? What's the story that produced a lesson? about never quitting that you, that you used recently was a hell week or first employment or you know with the command that you supported afterward you almost have a whole nother attrition process model and, and going through that what what's a what's a story that's relevant that, that, that you fall back to and go hey I remember making it through that so I know I can make it through this
3: well you know uh, I'll tell you a story that yeah you know, it is true you know uh, my career in the seals uh, when I was at Seal Team Six. Uh, I was, well, I was never in Blue Team. It was the Pirates. Every time I hung around Blue Team, you know, uh, we used to call it the Porthole to Hell, because the, sure. the Pirates were 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 you know uh, pretty avant-garde and, and and every bit the pirate uh, image. And so I didn't have a perfect career, uh, you know, in in, in in the Seals, but you learn from it. And the thing that, that I think the, the story, as uh, you, you come out of the seals, you'll, you learn from experiences, uh, you recalibrate and you keep pushing and, you know, all of us have, have gone through, you know, tough times, uh, uh you know, back and back and forth, but I think not quitting in life and and establishing goals strong goals and go you know what i'm gonna win and uh, winning is get right back on the horse uh you know for me uh, getting back on the horse was uh was winning a, a state senator race in montana it was a tough race and then winning uh, a congressional seat twice uh, defending our community and 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 having an influence And 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 helping others, you know, be successful in our community. Eric Greitens, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. know, a great governor of Missouri, already doing great things. Scott Taylor, uh, you know, in our community of of trying to get people in a position of influence that have been there, done that. Uh, And, you know, it's helpful for America because there's a lot of talent. So, you know, I, I think the never quit story is is just keep going and look for opportunities to to pull the community uh, yeah, up and, and and elevate leadership uh, within our community to be on a national level. Uh, you know, our country's in trouble. Uh, everyone should yeah. realize that. And this is where warriors and men of action, men and women of action, uh, you know, it's our time to lead.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Zink, one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I think I, I think sometimes. And what I love about Marcus and Morgan and knowing those guys and knowing the community that we know, I mean, our stories are never good stories or, 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 or they're the fruit of amazing circumstances, opportunity and, and, and good fortune in a lot of ways or misfortune that we just managed to endure through. One of the things I love encouraging the listeners with is just letting them and reminding them that like, hey, I'm you, but for a series of different circumstances and opportunities and there is a never-quit story in everybody's childhood when they were, in, a, you know, late, you know, or, or young teens or whatever that just kind of was that first moment where they said, listen, if I stick through it, I can make it. Do you remember one of those? I mean, growing up in Bo- Bozeman, growing up in Montana, you guys encounter weather that's just freakish and unmerciful and all these other things. And one of the reasons I love trying to hear those stories is those stories are the stories that a lot of our listeners can absolutely relate to. They, they have their, and, and to try to reconnect them to that story of when they didn't quit when they were young, to remind them that they have that never quit gene inside them. Do you remember one of those from your youth or watching your parents or someone you knew kind of yeah. just make it through something? You no, know, I was
3: people- always the kid that that would wake up early and, and uh, I was there at the gym when the coach used to open the door. Uh, and to me, I wanted to be successful. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was, I was two degree driven. I remember, yeah, uh, you know, we didn't have a swimming pool in Whitefish, Montana, and there's a there's a lake in Montana. But I was in the swim team this summer, and even as a kid, the water was was unbelievably cold. <laughs> and I remember the coach used to throw a volleyball out. And, and and the kids used to used to get in the water and swim around the volleyball and come back to the beach. <laughs> and uh, that was good oh. preparation for SEAL training.
1: Oh, yeah. I had something a little bit like serve torture in high school. Well. Oh.
3: Yeah, M- misery. Uh, but I, I remember there were very few kids. You know, I eventually, you know, the coach would throw it out many times. And, of course, the the water wasn't that deep because it was on shore. Uh, but I wanted to quit. I, I thought that water was just like Bud's. It, it is. There's no one enjoys surf torture because that's why yeah. it's called surf torture. Uh, and you want to get out of that water uh, more than anything. Mm. But there's a certain drive in it that that you want to be successful for, for others. And uh, you know, Admiral Olson and I had this conversation when I was a uh, when I was a, a phase instructor, a SEAL instructor. And I and the conversation was, you know, I think SEALs to degree, are better when you do have attrition. Because sure. you look around and you see someone failed when you're in there. That makes you, at least in your mind, special. It's confidence. So if yeah. you have a class that, that no one leaves, then the sense is you're not special. And pre-screening, uh, you can screen to a degree, but you, you, you never know unless you're in the breach. Mm. You know how that round's right. going gonna, to gonna fly, right? So uh, you know, I, I look at it and go, you know, having succeeded where others fail... Um, that drives what's being someone special. And we've gotten in a society where, you know, everybody's a winner, two plus two is five, try again, try again. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to keep the bar high. Let Let everyone have the opportunity to be successful or fail. But don't lower the bar, uh, because that's what makes, and that's what has made our country great, is that drive, uh, and and allowing people to to be special, and 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 we have you know founders of our. I'm, I'm in Washington D.C. looking to the monuments. Uh, the reason why we have yeah. great monuments is we have great founders that are deserving of of recognition for being special. And
2: well, then, uh, that that's perfect. You, you need to fail to know how to celebrate your accomplishments. And, I mean, uh, that perfect example is those the, the trophy kids. You're right. I mean, they you got the first place, and then second place gets the same trophy. Well, then what, what's the deal with the first place, even if you're not keeping score? And, look, yeah, it hurts when you lose. Your, ki- your kid's upset, man, but there is a lesson learned in that, right? You That makes you a better person. If you win all the time, then how do you know what you've accomplished? And right? to value so, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, I was always – I came up kind of like he did. so And, and that's a great question, Clint, when you asked him because people say, oh, you know, he's, he's in politics and he's, he's successful in that. I'm like, well, I mean, God, what'd you do before that? Well, he's Navy SEAL. Well, I can't do that either. What'd you do before that? Oh, he played college <coughs> ball. Oh, man, I, I definitely can't do that. Can you go further back than that? And then you, if you pigeonhole it back, we all start relatively the same. If you're born weak, if you're born strong, it doesn't matter. At that particular time, man, you're out there putting your work in. I think it boils down to your work ethic, and the and the well, I was always taught that the value comes yeah, in what you've learned.
3: read at the, the lead of the show. We talked about Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, he he was not born of natural talent. Uh, through perseverance, uh, through uh, you know just grit, uh, he built himself uh, into uh, you know the Colonel on the horse, Medal of Honor winner. Uh, charging up that hill, and that was Roosevelt, uh, a, a self-made, self-made and earned uh, hero.
1: Yeah, and, and, and he was not an athletically gifted person. That's everybody should read about Roosevelt's formative years because what it'll do is it'll take away that. Um, that sense of uh, hey, if I was talented, I could be successful. Because there's nothing, there's nothing in Roosevelt's early years that would project what he was ultimately going to become. I mean, shoot, when I was in eighth grade, I was the fifth string fullback, and there were only three other fullbacks. i mean, try to try to figure that one out. I'm like, hey, Coach, you're well, first are skipping a whole list. Well, I for me.
2: if you label at a young age, if you're, I mean, I have a kid, I have a son too. I tell him he's, I mean, I love him. I tell him, my dad never told me I was special because uh, Morgan and I had were born early. So, but he goes, you will be trained. If you strap that special label on somebody without the skills and they, they automatically think that, then mm. how do they know if they're if there's if their skills are progressing, right?
3: Mm. You got zero. Well, Marcus, I think value. you're special, Marcus. Does that help? Yeah. I do. I think you're special. I think you're special. Yeah. I, I
2: asked him to t- tell me that all the time. You, you mean, made, need, you married well. I'll
3: I'll will give you that. You I, I married did. well. Yeah.
2: See, that's it. Jeez. That's the only thing I did right. But,
3: you
2: yeah, if you put the value in yourself and not what you own, so everything you have as a seal and everything that, as a football player that came that comes with you when you walk in the door, they can't be stripped sure. away a car, your clothes, everything else can be stripped away. If you hold the value in what you've learned in yourself, then, man, that's priceless, I would think.
1: And, and everybody, everybody has this origin story. Everybody has this origin, never quit story. The day in third grade, you wouldn't let anybody take your lunch money anymore. And you got beat up, but it didn't hurt as much as you thought it was. And one of the things that's so fun about this podcast is reconnecting everyone to their never quit story that they may have forgotten. Because you forget stuff. You forget mm-hmm. stuff when stuff gets hard and the fog rolls in. And that's why you got to run with people that remind you who you are. And, and that's your special, right? You know, you got to hey, remember that time you, uh, you know, it's 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 amazing when you when you literally sit down and talk with someone, you just start to ask them stories about their story, where they come from. Everyone's got that moment where they could have quit and they didn't. And most of the time, it's about reconnecting them to that part of them that's still there. It's just sleeping. It's just hibernating. So that's, I love that. And the cold, man, the cold is an evil mistress, man. She just doesn't care who you are. You're ne- you can't train for the cold. You just got to decide you're going to win it one second at a time. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I can't imagine being on the swim team in Montana. That, that just sounds pretty, pretty awful. Absolutely. Well, we were, we were pretty fast at the time. Oh yeah. Right. No
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Based on your answer you uh your approach you already seem to have developed some sort of pursuit of excellence uh that discipline. Can you take it back a little further and give us an idea of where that uh was it heroes for example like Teddy Roosevelt was it uh example like your father was it where was it, where is the inception point for for that?
3: You know, I think probably the biggest influence uh, in my life was my grandmother. You know, she uh, oh, yeah. hmm. she left home when she was 14 years old. Uh, she came from a big oh. family. Her mother had passed away. Her father likely uh, began to use her as kind of a surrogate. So she left uh, 14. Uh, she was one of the youngest uh, folks to graduate. Uh, from, with a teaching uh, degree, and went out mm-hmm. west. The only job during the, during the early part of the Depression that she could find was on a reservation near Poplar, Montana, in a one-room schoolhouse, uh, teaching kids. Oh, wow. So she was the, uh, the, uh, the pioneer you know, out there. And, you know, she, uh, she was influential because she was tough. Uh, but she she had a real soft side about kids and children and education. And she's the one that pushed really hard uh, about values and and the importance. She was a Roosevelt fan. Uh, the hmm. importance of, of standing your ground, of uh, being a Boy Scout. Uh, she pushed me, uh, you know, cultivated and uh, influenced me in into the, into the scouting program. You know, I think the scouting program. And uh, it's been, certainly in my life, a great influence on respect to the outdoors. i uh, sure. Mm. And, and then, you know, in the, in the seals, uh, when, you know, I didn't have any, again, after college, I didn't have any particularly knowledge of, of or I didn't really know what the seals were. Once you're inside and and you see... You know how committed people are. The amount of talent, quite frankly, the the younger guys today are far mm-hmm. more talented, I think, than than my generation. I mean, well, they're better
1: looking. I mean, they, they're well, myself, well, I can <laughs> ride <laughs> a horse. <laughs> are a good looking. got better style. Down, like back to you. We were the best looking frogmen.
3: Well, and I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. You know, in my career, and uh, you know, twenty three years in. Most of the career was was spent training hard uh, and we trained hard exceptionally hard and then occasionally you know a conflict would come up, but nothing to the scale of of what these guys are today that have done you know a dozen plus deployments, all of them are combat hardened uh they've spent some of them have spent more time overseas than they have even at home. And there's a strain uh, on on the community that wasn't wasn't uh, so so pronounced uh, with with my group. Uh, and so I think we have to be careful about overusing. Uh, special forces in our troops because they you know they, they they come back and and what becomes normal is over there rather than here. We're putting a lot of stress in the family and the home life and those type of things. But the the amount of talent and lethality and the ability yes. to use technology uh, uh, Seamlessly on the battlefield, and brings so much more to bear than you know a, a you know a, a prick seventeen or seventy seven or a prick one seventeen you know the the radio that in in my era,
1: sure sure, Um, these are amazing young men. One one of the things I think you pointed out that's really important too is our kind our our, our is not gifted at restraint. And so we're, it's not our nature to pull ourselves out of the games when we're hurt. It's, I mean, I I can't tell you how many games I have played in hurt. And Zink, I'm sure you're the same. And if if, if. The operator doesn't know restraint, and it's incumbent upon the the leadership of the nation to 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 impose it, and that's why I tell people all the time, like Dave, it wasn't debatable whether you have a safety stand down in the military. The only debatable thing is how long it is, because you got to reset, you got to you got to you got to learn something from the last one. You got to reload, you got to recalibrate, you got to redeploy. And so, w- one of the things I'd be really interested to hear you talk about is you, how much of that joint environment. I mean, I, I got to believe that those last few years in the. City community, standardizing, creating collaboration points, creating some efficiencies, that's got to be influencing what you're doing now. I mean, the, the reality is to to, to to look outside your own community, create a collaborative environment, create, you know, I've never been the kind of thinks leaders need to lead by consensus, but I think when you don't. Uh, seek a consensus. You got to be dealing with the consequences if you're wrong, and that's just okay. Heavy is the brow that wears the crown. But uh, but I got to believe that formalizing that and codifying that and standardizing that is going to be really helpful. Helpful experience of what it is you're trying to do now.
3: Well, and Interior has you know Fish Wildlife Service, Park Service, BLM, uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs. We stretched twelve time zones. Uh, we from the Virgin Islands all the way to Palau. Uh, and American Samoa about 20% of the territory of the United States falls under the jurisdiction of the Department of Interior and you know looking wow. forward uh, we are going to reorganize along the same lines as, as what you know, all of us are familiar with with more joint commands getting the different different uh, sections of the government to talk to each other work together uh, uh, because we've created these bureaucracies that are stovepiped or siloed, where communication uh, isn't isn't done. Uh, the military did this with with joint commands, while you, you know, you still wear a navy uniform, but when you operate, uh, you you have access to joint communications, and we're a stronger force for, uh, from it. I think there's a huge opportunity. The president has tasked me as well as all secretaries to look at excessive regulation, reorganize uh, to make sure decisions, guess what, are pushed to the front line. That means take a look at your sergeant and your chief in the front line, make sure they have the resources. And if you and if you look at your headquarters uh, and your headquarters is too big or too much in the micromanaging business, shame on you. And, you know, this is what... We all know from from the military is when the sergeant in chief are not only happy but capable and have the right resources, the force wins so focus on the sure. front line and if you get in uh Push more authority, more resources to the front where they belong, and, and that's exactly what we're going to do. In and that's where the
1: talent is. I mean, the talent is with the boys out on the, out on the, the fobs and the outpost, regardless of branch, regardless. I mean, conventional special operations it doesn't matter. The resident knowledge and the talent of the fighting force is with a senior enlisted community and the ground fighter that's the furthest away from the flagpole.
3: Yeah, and the perspective in the front lines is a lot different than uh, the headquarters sometimes. And uh, you know, you have, you put your command and control where you have best best situational awareness, but uh, you pay attention and you listen to what's going on in the front line.
2: Yeah, decreasing that gap makes everybody more efficient and a good thing. I I got a question, sir, for you. I mean, all this thing that you've accomplished and up through the teams and now into the into running our our country. I mean, it is. When you get up in the morning, a lot of people want to know the daily routine, right? The one thing that kind of gets you up in the morning, like I get up in the morning, head straight to the shower, that kind of thing, that starts your day. The the steps or what you tell yourself, I mean, it's it's different, but it's the same kind of marginally for, for everybody that we talk to who is successful and has accomplished something. you have something like that you can share?
3: Well, you know, I... Believe it or not, my routine is not so much different than what it was when I was a commander. I get up in the morning. I'll, I'll work out for an hour and a half, uh, take a shower, go in, uh, do a you know an officer's call, which is a roundtable. What's going on? Look at what's happening in the news. Looking at uh, what the, the different divisions are, are doing, and then it's uh, you know focusing. I, I have a talented group of, of people if you empower your people to make the right decisions, given that uh, centralized direction, decentralized execution, uh, you know, very attentive to the president and his executive orders to make sure that we're supporting uh, as the president, as an example, with the energy. As the president signs his executive orders, on the, uh, looking at regulation and stopping the war on coal then from the Secretary of Interior, then I supply my supporting secretary orders to, to read through those and make sure they're, they're correct. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. There's, it, it is a, a super large command with a lot of, a lot of talent, uh, a lot of responsibility. You're not putting people in harm's way, but you're protecting our legacy of our public lands. Um, and maybe you're also protecting our legacy of, of traditions. You know, Marcus, you're, you're, you, you're a big hunter. You, you like it. I want to make sure that your children's children have the same opportunity uh, to go out there and hunt in our public lands and, and uh, respect uh, and enjoy our heritage. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of responsibility. Uh, but again, uh, I have a great boss. Uh, he's, uh, he doesn't micromanage, he just expects mm-hmm. results, and therefore on my team, uh, I have the same, same type of uh, leadership style. Uh, I'm not going to micromanage, I'm going to give you direction, and I'm going to expect results.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's—I think it's that's the leadership we've always been around in the, in the community. But well, the great leadership have been around is not micromanaging, but expecting results. And and, and I think you know, you mentioned Alma Olson and, and some of these other guys that you've been able to work around. That was the standard that I graduated into—the you know, community of high expectations, deep resourcing, decentralized decision making, and then you know, consequences when when when, when you. Don't perform. That's the, that's the beauty of the meritocracy, man. The meritocracy is: if you get it done, great. If you don't, go away. And that's the way football works. That's one thing I love about football: is the game's honest. The game tells the truth. You can't lie during a game. I mean, the game is going to expose you. And so, run around with people who feel the same way. You're just going to produce better results.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, I had the privilege of, in my career of you know I, I worked with with uh, Bill McCraven and. And Tom oh, Richards and Olson. Oh, that guy, and, too. Uh, mass chiefs uh, in there. I, I've had some, some magnificent mass chiefs that keep me out of trouble.
2: That story of Admiral Richards uh, looking down at his hand and thinking that he well, was, was a piece of shrapnel hanging out of it, and he bit, bit down on it to pull it out of his hand. It was his bone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that story. God, dang, talk about That's toes right. curling up. Woo. That's tough, man. Yeah, I saw I, I I
3: Admiral Richards the other day, and he he still looks good. The Hulk. Uh,
1: right? Hey, one, so two things we want to do as we kind of wrap up. We're going to be good with your time. We know you got a lot to do, but re- really the last two things we want to do is if you give really three pieces of advice to the listeners that they can onboard and action on today – and then, and then after that, anything that you think is really important, we want to give you an opportunity to share what's important to you and, and, and to the, the agency that you represent, the great men and women of the of the BLM and, the, and the Interior and all these other things. We just want to kind of uh, ask you to give three actual pieces of advice someone can turn on today and then let us know what's important to you so we can be paying attention to that.
3: Well, you know, advice is... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot. Of what we just talked about is, is one never quit, uh, believe in yourself, and and at some point you got to trust others around you. You know, so it is about a teamwork. Uh, you know, I'll share a, a story recently about about the president. Uh, as you may know, that the president and I, and Scott Taylor, uh, among others, went out to receive chief Owens, uh, body as he, as he, as he came back at, at, at Dover. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, that was
2: great. You did that by the way. Yeah.
3: Yep. And I can tell you the president was a different person before and after. And what I saw was the creation of a commander in chief. And it's one thing to, to have the responsibility and think about putting people in harm's way. It's another thing to see the consequences of it. Absolutely, and and watching the, and being with the president as he marched on the plane, uh, and and carried the body, you know, and the casket off the plane. I tell you, he he, he became a commander in chief at at that moment. I saw a a change uh, in 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 the, in the president, and the following day was the national prayer breakfast, and and he was changed, uh, and and he clearly you know, understood the consequences and the responsibility and the commitment uh, uh, there. And uh, I, I just, you know, of the moments where you see a change, a positive change in, in, an, in, an, in an individual and a leader, uh, to me, you know, I was front and center and, and witnessed it uh, with our president.
1: You're going from sympathy to empathy in that moment. I mean, it's empathy is something you experience. Sympathy is something you can't relate to you but you recognize the the unfortunate you know, you watch that you watch that whole and we all go through that we all go through we know there's a potential that we're going to lose our friends when we join the community and intellectually you understand that but you can't emotionally comprehend until it actually happens to you
0: gravity catches up with you mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah yeah and i
3: would say when you get bucked off the horse get back on it that's right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> or in one lesson learned about from a Montana perspective is you know if you miss right. the first shot take a second and if you get bucked oh, yeah. off the horse uh, make make sure the girth is tightened and get back on her
1: and if you're Roosevelt you get bucked on a moose just get back on the moose too it's one of the greatest pitchers of all time yeah. right well red, I'm moose.
3: not sure I'd get back on a moose yeah
2: <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I got up on his ass <laughs> in the first place yeah, no. yeah, that
1: might be a lesson learned. To don't don't ride a moose. Don't ride a moose. That's advice number three. Point number four, right there. That's a freebie. So, anything you want to share with us, kind of as we wrap up, we certainly appreciate your time. I want to be respectful, very much, of, kind very of, much. The yeah. of your days and people who need.
3: You no, know, I just just uh, in, in, enjoyed the conversation, certainly, guys, and I appreciate what you do. You guys are heroes. And. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: no we're not <laughs>
3: you're uh in, in frogman in dc let me let me know and we'll go out and have a, have a have a libation and a good laugh but but uh i i greatly appreciate all you've done oh hey yeah
1: yeah
2: man don't think for one second that that next time we're up in dc Melly wants to come by and see you she, she's really excited about you getting uh picked up for this she's she's a big traveler and loves the, the parks too so <laughs> We'll be uh, be doing it. Well, we'll fire up that Harley and go for a ride. There you go. Absolutely. Nice. There you go. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Be safe. If you need anything from us, you know the deal. Always holler.
3: And likewise, teams and you know the deal. (laughs) Teams
2: and and shit. I'm enlisted. I can say it out (laughs) loud.
0: Yeah, you you
2: got it. Booyah.
1: One of the things that was most interesting to me about that conversation was everything you just heard today. If, if you switch out SEAL Team for your kind of your your group, the people you run with, uh, the the command for your career, the DC for where you're living right now, all those truths apply. I mean, there's everything, everything that you know. Zinc relied on as a football player, as a SEAL officer, and now you know in politics, and now at the executive level in politics nothing's changed. I mean, from the fundamentals, like how you become successful, those, those haven't changed. Only the maps change, right?
3: Yeah.
1: And the resources have changed, but the listeners should be so encouraging in that. Hey, there's nothing different about this. It all comes down to as a linebacker, it all comes down to read step, you know, take that shelf step, figure out what's going on, run as fast as you can, hit that person as hard as you can. Nothing changes. And I think that's what's cool. And that's one of the reasons that, that that's one of the things that help you never quit is remembering that there's nothing really that unique uh, about this challenge you're facing right now it may look different. It may be bigger and it may be angrier, but the truth is the truth and the fundamentals that get you through it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what we're always seeing on this show, right? And the further we get into this and we continue to say it, all these stories have fundamentals that are similar.
2: Well, his ability to to change commands, if you will, change jobs and, and, and go into a different environment where you actually have to work in a team and you can't be the individual. I mean, that, that ought to tell you something about yourself and, and how well we work with with each other. I mean, if you have a skill set right, and right. You're, you're applying it to something and you're not going as far as you want, and there's somebody that has the same determination and same end game as you. Then buddy up with them. I mean, you learn stuff from people just by doing stuff with them, and That's maybe right. some of the things you didn't even know. And it's it's that 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 passion that drives you and that will to keep getting back up. That I mean, hell, enabled him to do. Look at all this stuff. I mean, yeah, that, just particularly
0: that 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 foundation of like a pursuit of excellence and, uh, and discipline and, and he belief about in it coming yourself from
2: his grandmother. Yeah, and here is the thing: is everybody? And that's what I was talking about. He goes, you know, I know you are you are Secretary of the Interior now. You were a Navy SEAL, man. People see that, and like, well, I can't do that. So obviously, he has something I don't. That's not how it works, man. You Just go far enough back, nope, everybody. Ha- it's the same thing. And little building blocks. Yeah, it's your baseline, right? And, and if you try to blocks. skip some of those steps, yeah. then if you get hit. There, there's nothing there to catch you right but if you're, if you're like uh, in order to become a navy seal I to be able to do one push-up all right? and then two push-ups and three push-ups and there's nothing wrong with taking the time to learn everything you need to know so you have it when you get there and if you if you
0: try to bypass you're gonna
1: it, learn afterwards if you don't yeah. you're, you're gonna learn at some point you're gonna learn before you're gonna learn after but you're gonna learn yeah,
0: yeah. you're gonna learn it in your failure
2: correct and that'll man. happen that's okay right and when that happens man it's, it's it's easier to stop doing it right that's the quit moment because you think you're not good enough right. no it's not that at all man it's just the person across from you put the time in
0: and that's the danger of everyone's always a winner yes yeah. you don't get
2: the chance to learn from those failures god damn i never i it never in my head to i never wanted to be the best at anything i just wanted to be good enough to be in there
1: I wanted to belong to the best. I never wanted to be the best. One of the reasons I never—I mean, listen—I was upper half right, it's of the upper third, and everything we did in the SEAL team is man. So, but being the best, I think all of us—you know—you can aspire that you want to. I wanted to be able to keep up with the best. Pick a pick a fast moving tribe and just kind of earn my keep and, and keep up with them. Sure. Right? That's pull, pull that's your weight, part. right?
2: Pull your weight, and, and in right. in the of in the community we're in of the best people at this job, right? And you're pulling your weight. I mean, that's recognition, and it's in itself because okay. eventually what happens is man you learn all of that stuff from everybody around you and you and you pick it up and people come and go man and then you keep progressing just keep that with you and it, you'll you'll be at the top before you know it it just happens
1: absolutely and you will be at your top not be top your top because your top's the only one that matters
2: right yeah don't let somebody else's perception become your reality i mean I, that that's just if somebody else is writing your book man you're just a figure in their story you're not even writing your own your hmm. You know, and in your world, man, in mine, I don't have to go to sleep to live in a dream. I wake up every morning, man. and I, you yeah. know, and, and Navy SEAL—that's uh, a dream. In a, in a, you see that stuff in movies and books, right? And that's kind of you got to look at it like this. I mean, it's the, to wake up and live here in the United States. You go out and, and do or become anything. Well, almost. I've been trying to yeah. be Spider Man for the longest time. It's just not working.
1: Well, and I've been <laughs> trying to get Meatloaf to let me come on tour with him. He's not. What's his problem? It.
2: What is his problem?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can be both a roadie and a backup singer. I don't know what the issue is. I can I know, carry man. heavy stuff. Ah, we got a lot of. He's I mean, got, got a big family too, man. Band. You can put them to work. Let me let me go on record as saying too. I think Zinke. Now that he, you know, he's a, he's an executive. He's an exec, Like he has to say what he said about the I don't think. Do you notice know how quickly you said that? Yeah, I knew you were a little a upset about that. Sound. I think, I think like if you could you have seen your face. You fire <laughs> the answer really quickly if it's a cover story, and it's just like that was a that was a standardized answer there. I think that's sounded you know like something. a rote response. I can see to you there. were crushed. Yeah, yeah I, 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 was rogue, it was probably, a rote... It was. They
2: probably. When he checked in. I he's like, "Hey, are, this re- is the list of the stuff you're going to get rehearsed. asked, and this is the this is the answer we're going to need you to say." Yeah, I
1: think he. I think that's <laughs> when we lost him the first time. He's like, "You think no, he has an I'm assistant who sits this there thing. and writes you, that you,
2: stuff?" <laughs> you can't. I
0: know, right? Like in real time. <laughs> he's like, "I'm not sure," and they just
2: provide the, the best double talk is from spies like us when Chevy Chase gets up there.
1: Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to do that Absolutely. so bad.
2: I should have done it the RNC again. Feedback here. But any questions? <laughs> you know, have you seen that? It's epic, man.
0: Watch the sound. engineer just losing his yeah. mind.
1: Hey, yeah. And that was a that was a cool interview. I mean, that, you know, we're going all the way back to Roosevelt of the s- swim team in Montana, which wins the, the hardcore race uh, right there. And it just fits so well with you know, Marcus. Being here with you and Wizard having you on the phone and, of course, my is Bruce. opportunity to share these stories with you are really a lot of fun. The mission here at the Team Never Quit podcast is to remind you how to never quit, to reconnect you stories from your past and, and, and encourage you with stories from other people's lives on what they're doing to never quit and how you can do that today. Find more on tnqpodcast.com and tnverquit.com, the, the, the podcast, and, you know, the truth of the matter is we always come back to this, you know, great stories, ignite legends, and I'm happy to share some of those with you. Absolutely.
0: You guys want to uh, say what you're thankful for?
1: Man, I, I tell you, it's uh, that's one of those, the hardest questions to answer. Who's your mentors? I have a ton of them. Uh, what's your never quit story? I have a ton of them. And what am I thankful for? I man, the list just goes on. And I'll, obviously, my family, my bride, my girls, my Creator. Um, you know, the architect of this whole thing with, with what I believe, and just the opportunity to breathe deeply today and, and, and take another hill. Man, it's 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 just really a lot of fun
2: i'm gonna close this out i'm gonna close it out by saying thankful to the my my wife every single day for giving me my family and my friends and uh i tell you what i've been on the road traveling doing my uh, the speaking engagements stuff like that and i've been doing this for a while now and i just <laughs> thank god for being born in this country man it is just an honor to walk among amen our people i mean for, yeah. bikers to yeah. billionaires it's uh it's been a great experience to just to talk with them and learn exactly what our country means so thank y'all for that man i love y'all and i'm out i'm out i'm out